Welcome back to another episode of the We Are Wayfarers podcast. We're your hosts, Ben and Crystal Woods, and our hope for this podcast is to give some space to dive into the deeper things. This is Season 5, Episode 5, as we continue to share some of the pivotal passages that have impacted our lives in significant ways. Passages that continue to sharpen us and inspire us forward on the brave way home. Today we're spending time in John 16:33 in some of Jesus' last words to his disciples before going to the cross. And we're so glad to have you with us for this conversation. everybody. We're so glad that you are with us. So welcome back, Wayfarers. Yeah, welcome back, Wayfarers. Thank you for joining us for this time. You know, I mean, we're the only one. Well, we're not the only ones in our basement. Our dogs are right here. But I I just kind of imagine that you're in the room with us. And that (laughs) makes that so much easier to just say hello to everybody. Mm -hmm. It's it's a privilege to get to lean into this time together. Like, and we just want to you know, invite you again, like if you are listening to this and you have uh, different passages that have been pivotal in your life, we want to hear about that too. If you would message us, let us know um, about some of the ways that God is discipling you. That would, that would encourage our hearts so much. Yeah. Cause these are conversations that we have all the time. Like Mm we, like we've talked about, we talk all the time. No. <laughs> but they're conversations I think that we would welcome with anyone. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, they're that's conversations our heart. that talk about like our our shared faith um, and our hope in what what God is doing, what God has done, what God will do. So, yeah. well, and again, it's that reminder that if these passages have shaped our hearts, then we want to be a part of the moments where we recognize how passages have shaped other hearts, and and when those kind of come together, like I think. The body is edified. Our hearts are encouraged, you know, yeah. and that can happen in an email. That can happen in a treehouse. That can happen while you're trying to walk our dogs, you know, and you get to <laughs> run into neighbors or, or whatever. So, yeah, well, I think there's something to be said, too, about like the entire Bible. The whole word of God is like inspired. It's God breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training. And OK, you the, the whole thing. All right. Yep. It's useful for everything. But there. I think there's something to be said about the way that you recognize that it speaks specifically to your heart, to the situation you're in. There are words at different times and different, you know, circumstances that mean something different to you. They shout your name in a different way. And I think just hearing about that, it doesn't diminish what God does in the rest of the word, (laughs) but it does highlight what he's doing right now in you. And that's the stuff that I just, I get excited about sharing. Well, yeah. And I, I would say that's part of the hope in why we've devoted this whole season to just creating conversation around these passages that have shaped us Mm -hmm. is that everybody's got these passages. And so maybe it just can remind your heart of those passages that have shaped you, maybe in ways that you haven't fully even recognized, right? Mm -hmm. And to just say them out loud and create conversation around them. Because if if the word is going to come out of us, the word has to be in us. Mm -hmm. And I think if this becomes a way of life, of being in God's word in the lives of everybody around us, well, then you get to proclaim God's truth in that way, not just in our actions, but in word and deed, right? Mm -hmm. And so I just think that there's so much room of encouragement or for encouragement when we choose to talk about it. And for us, you and I, we talk about it all the time, not just with each other, but with everybody. And maybe this season can spark some of that in some others to just share, right? Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. 
But hey, we're coming off of another big, beautiful week here with Team Woods. And, <laughs> Didn't uh, see that coming, did you? <laughs> no. Um, the weather has been perfect. We've had a ton of treehouse time this last week, and it has been so good. Like, here we are. It's November. And like we've talked about before, Indiana, Southern India has like a fake fall. Like we just kind of like, gotcha. You know, it's been in the high 70s and, and low 80s. Uh, so we've been in the treehouse a lot mm-hmm. and it's been beautiful. So, so much meaningful time in our treehouse this last week. Yeah. So I think yeah. you were showing me on your Facebook like memories last year. This time it was snowing. Like we yeah. built a snow family yes. last year yes. <laughs> this week. But it's beautiful outside. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And I always, while we're talking about treehouse, time i'll go ahead and throw this out there um if you're a new listener you're like what on earth are they talking about he talks about his fish in his treehouse a lot <laughs> the treehouse is kind of our space where we get to do a lot of discipleship time with other people leaning into a lot of moments where you need a, not just a pastoral voice but you need the space to say some things out loud that you're processing whether it's relational intersections or vocational educational like they're all spiritual intersections. And so for us, that's what we do in the treehouse. We spend time leaning in. And so um, it's a beautiful time to be in God's word, but also processing out loud what others are walking mm-hmm. in. And, and the, there's something sacred about being invited into that with someone else. And so having that time in the treehouse, it encourages us. It's, it's necessary for our hearts as well. So if you need some treehouse time, Near or far, hit us up. People come from faraway places to join us in our tree. And so you can email us. And even if you're like, Ben. Yeah, even if you can't make it to yeah. the treehouse physically, then oh, yeah. you, have a, you have a window with like all of the technologies of Zoom and all the things. We can still have these moments that we like carve out to talk about things that are happening in your life, things that you're either wrestling with or things that you're celebrating, things that that you might just need a a fellow wayfarer to walk alongside with you. Yeah. So, and if you're wondering like, oh, it's about to get cold, we got a fire table. I'm about to put the fire table (laughs) back in fire in the tree. You know, so yeah, so it's, it's all good. It's warm. But that was a big thing this last week. A lot of beautiful weather and a lot of beautiful treehouse sign. But also, Lila nailed her parent-teacher conference. I mean, she <laughs> knocked it out of the park. So that was kind of a big deal. Put that in the win column, yeah. right? Yeah. And I mean, you know, everybody has different academic things that they do, but my my heart just always goes to, like, how is, how is my child treating other children in the classroom? And so it was just really a good moment to get to celebrate some of the things that God is doing in Lila's heart, too, in the way that she's treating other people, the way that she's being a leader. So, yeah, yeah, she's so much sparkle and spunk and some sass. There Just is a little. <laughs> but it seems to be most directed at me. So, yeah, <laughs> but she's a sweetheart. So, uh, but yeah, we got to do some more assemblies, um, both locally and not so locally. And so we got to go um, back, actually stay here at a middle school in, in Jeffersonville, but also got to go back to Lincoln, Illinois where our story started, mm-hmm. right? Um, got met to, in college. Bible we college met there. in college there. Um, <laughs> but we we picked up my mama on the way through mm-hmm. um, just to live the dream with Lila for the day. And so that was good. While we were hanging with students all day at an elementary and middle school, they were getting their nails done and milkshakes and all that. But we did end our day with some crab rangoon at one of the most amazing 
Chinese restaurants ever. It's in Lincoln, Illinois. If you're ever in Lincoln, Illinois, it's in Lincoln, Illinois. Let me tell you, like, and I know everybody's like, you probably romanticized it, right? But I think about how many meaningful conversations and moments I've had there, we've had there, or just in my life. And I'm telling you, I have not romanticized it. It is ever been as good as <laughs> I remember. You're making me hungry. It. There's a there's uh, a bag of takeout yeah, upstairs. I'm so, like, oh. <laughs> but on our way out of town, visiting the campus, a place where our feet have walked a lot, um, mm. and I can just point to places where, oh my, we've our lives have been changed mm-hmm. uh, because of our our time on that campus, mm-hmm. and so yeah, grateful for that, but. Then we came back and we what? We cranked out like 92 pounds of slime yes. alongside some amazing volunteers in our garage. Yeah, it was good to get to restock Cala's slime shop a little bit. We'd been visiting all these schools and all these students are like, but you're sold out of almost everything. And it's just because we had sold so much of Cala's slime at the local festival that we had here, Harvest Homecoming. And so it's it was just really good to get to circle up with people who know Kala, who love Kala, people who have learned of Kala and wanted to join into what she started. Um, and so just to be able to follow her recipes all together and restock Kala's slime shop was really special. Yeah, I think just having the the willing hearts to jump in, like we had some veteran, like pro level, right? Like they've made slime many times before. And we had people that are like, I have no idea what I've just gotten myself into, but I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And I just love that, like mm-hmm. to see all of that blended together and have such meaningful moments while you're working hard. I mean, you're, yeah, you go it's home, hard work to you, make slime. you go home tired. <laughs> you got slime so, muscles but, in your shoulders. There. But we can say lovelikecala.com is restocked. Oh yeah. We, fully we've stocked we've got some slime. So if you've been emailing or curious, there you go. You, <laughs> you got your heads up. But. Well, and I, one more thing about the slime shop though. Talking to students in these assemblies and answering questions about, like, what is it that made you want to keep Cala's store open? It's just kind of, like, reaffirmed a little bit in me what what we're doing this for. And that's just yeah. we're just following Cala's lead. This is something that God put in her heart, a, a vision that she wanted to um put action to you know this is something that she had available to her something she liked to do slime was just something that Kala knew she was really good at and it was a way that she could use it to raise money to go to Romania and so by just keeping her store open we're just kind of following her lead like what she started what God started in her heart we just get to press into like she had the vision we walk it out and so it's just another way that we just get to continue to love our Kala yeah and along the way, it brings joy to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it serves as a reminder that a lookout for the left out heart, making choice after choice in the simple and small and even the slimy ways, right, mm-hmm. can change so many things for so many people, even mm-hmm. in faraway places. And so, yeah, it's a gift to get to um, work hard, um, following her leadership, keeping her store open. Yeah. And so, yeah. Last night, I um, got to preach at a student gathering at a church and spend time with a whole mess of middle school and high school students, and that was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so grateful for that time. Yeah. I mean, literally, I love that, just watching a church family, the students sharing a meal together before they spend time 
in God's word and in song together. It's just good. But yeah, we got a lot coming up. We got more assemblies. Um, and yeah, if you are a, a teacher or a parent or connected to schools in any capacity and you want to pass along the website, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And Look so out for the left there you go. But and then uh, for churches, I'll say this, we're getting to go visit another church this coming week to lean into their series on hope. Mm-hmm. And we just love serving church families. It has been such a life-giving way to serve. And so if you want to explore ways where Team Woods can serve you, go to thebravewayhome.com. So I, I hate to, I, I don't want it to sound like a plug, but it's like if, if, if you're looking for ways that we can partner and serve, that's the pathway. So yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to just kind of jump into the passage? Yeah, let's do this. Okay. Let's pray first, and then we'll just like create some conversation around um, the things that, that stand out to us, the way that it's speaking to us. Yeah. Can I pray? Okay. God, I thank you so much for the way that you speak through your word. I thank you for the gift that it is, the way that you have provided it for us and preserved it for us, Father, the way that it marks our hearts, the way that it speaks encouragement into our hearts, fires us up, reminds us that we're not alone, reminds us of where we are going and what you are going to do, but also reminds us of what you have done and what you are doing right now. And so, Father, today, right now, we open our hearts to you. We ask for your spirit to speak to us, that you would um, give us the knowledge that you want us to have to be able to apply the words that you have shared with us um, in ways that will make us more and more like you. Father, we give um, all authority to you, all of this time to you, and ask for you to speak to us and to um, make us more and more like you. We love you. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, let's, let me read this verse. This is, we're going we're gonna to spend time around John 16, verse 33, and then just see where, where this goes, right? Mm-hmm. It says this, Jesus is speaking. He says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. All right. Well, what is it about that passage that speaks to you? I thought you would never ask. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like any and every other passage, it's always in the middle of a broader passage, right? And I, I think this is just such a summary of what, what Jesus promises and what we can expect. Um, but what he's done uh, all sandwiched into a couple sentences. Yeah, just one verse. But it's it's like this. It's tied to so much context, right? Like this is um, this is on Jesus's final night with his disciples before going to the cross the next day, and mm-hmm. he has just shared so much with them because their hearts are in grief, right? He's he's just told them that the Advocate is coming, that that he's got to go away so that the Holy Spirit can come, the Comforter. He's just told them that like. You're going to be grieving, and you are already in grief, but I'm going to turn it to joy because of what I'm going to do Like when he comes back, right? He's he's just, he's washed their feet this night. They, he's instituted the Lord's Supper, right? I, mean, I know I keep saying right. <laughs> like I'm looking to you like, oh, there's so much right. sandwiched into this night where he is telling them, you know, the world is going to hate you. But just remember that the world hated me first. I've got to go away. 
Um, there's so much. So when you get to 1633, before it jumps into this big, beautiful prayer of John mm -hmm. 17, mm -hmm. when he says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. It's like, I've told you all these things. It's like a summarizing sentence. Like I've told you these things. He's kind of circling back to like all these things that I've told you. It's so that you would know where your peace comes from and where it doesn't come from. Mm. So that in me, you may have peace, that you would have what you need. And I think that's powerful and necessary for my heart, but it's continually kept my theology grounded in the right things. Because I, I think many times in life, we associate pain simply with, yeah, the consequences of doing something wrong. And that is absolutely true. But, but there's also an element of, we think sometimes that pain is not part of the process of life. And that pain-free life that we talk about being an idol that so many people unintentionally pursue and worship, when pain comes into their life, we think that God has just failed us. Or we will think that we've instinctively done something wrong, even though we don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So I think that phrase that I've told you all these things, as Jesus has been comforting their hearts with the truth that they need stored up in their hearts, it's so that we would know that our peace only comes from being in him. Mm. Yeah. Because I think we all know, like in our, in our minds, that that prosperity gospel is not true gospel. Like, I think we know that, that God does not promise that everything in life is going to be easy, that he'll erase any kinds of hardship. Like, we know that. But then when we walk through hardship, it's so easy for our hearts to feel betrayed. Like, we should not have to do this. We shouldn't have to hurt this way um, because, because Jesus has promised us victory, because Jesus has, has told us that, you know, that he wins in the end, you know, but we or that, or that like, he wants us to, you know, have life to the full. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, and that, I mean, that, that resurrection from the dead has already begun in us that like the things of the old nature are already gone and, and are being stripped away and the new nature is already being rooted in. So like we, we have, we have some evidences of what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. But then when we walk through hardship and, and difficulty, it can be easy that it's like what Dr. Dobson calls that like betrayal barrier where you think God has failed me. And this passage speaks directly to that because that makes no rational sense. Yeah. If Jesus himself has gone through suffering like this, like consider him when you're tempted to, to give up. If Jesus himself, God incarnate, has gone through suffering. What makes us think that we wouldn't have to as well? It's not betrayal. It's it's actual participation in the same things that Jesus himself suffered um, so that we'll also have participation in the things that, that Jesus is being rewarded with, you know? Yeah, but I think like it's pretty easy to allow culture to lull us into a, 
a, a pain-free life mentality mm -hmm. and to the point where you you think every problem is solved in three and a half minute songs after that big bridge and the the double chorus at the end you know that it's like oh everything's put back together in three and a half minutes you know mm -hmm. it's easy to be lulled into that mentality that like following jesus is just like a walk in the park it's all hunky-dory comfy cozy and the reality is it's a much more like jurassic park that we are wayfaring through wilderness and that this world like jesus said just before this earlier in that night like i mentioned like like the world is going to hate you and it's because the world hated him first mm -hmm. and when you attach yourself to him and you root yourself in him and your identity is hidden in him well inevitably the world is not going to love you because the world didn't love him. And I think what, what we can see in this is both the promise of peace, but also the promise that things are going to be hard. Like you can see it as a promise of pain and a promise of peace that mm -hmm. like he's, he's helping us understand you should expect pain. It's going to be hard, but you've got to embrace the peace that only comes from him. Mm-hmm. For me, that's an anchor for my theology. That's an anchor for my heart to expect pain, but to embrace his peace. Because the next sentence says that in this world, you will have trouble. Like it says, in this world, you will have trouble. Not the next, but in this one. Here on earth, you're going to have trials. You're going to have sorrow. You're going to have tribulation. Because that word trouble is pretty heavy. It's pretty broad. I mean, it captures everything from persecution and rejection and opposition, affliction, torment. Like there's a lot of heavy words attached to this, like suffering, distress. And he's saying in this world, you will have trouble. He's not saying in the next, but in right. this one. Right. But I feel like this is like where those eternal eyes come into play, that where you recognize that this world is not all there is. Like in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world means that in this world, you will have trouble. But in the next, I have already overcome. And there is peace. There is joy. There is love. There is eternity ahead. You have to take heart because I've overcome it. Yeah. Well, and again, it's it's so bound up. I mean, this is why there's so bound. There's so many promises wrapped up in this because he's not promising to eliminate trouble right now, but he's promising to give peace in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. Like he's setting our expectations accurately so that we would not feel that betrayal that you were talking about. Like we wouldn't, we, when we are disappointed in what's going on, we wouldn't feel betrayed because he's set our expectations accurately. Right. If like, the world hated our king, he's going, the world is going to hate us too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it, for, for me, like I just, it, it helps me to, because grief is disorienting. It is like, and so when the world that you knew, um, the world that, you know, for me that I loved, like fell apart, crumbled to the ground, it was so disorienting. It made me feel like there was, there was nothing like in this world. If I'm just looking at the things here, that can't be fixed. It can never be fixed here. Um, but if I have eyes that, that can look past this world into what God has pro promised me, then that is what, um, reorients me even in grief, but it pulls my heart to like, 
you know, first Peter four, where he says like, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery, fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Like instead be very glad these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the all the world. Like it's not just right now that we're thinking about. We're thinking about the big picture, the eternal picture. And yes, right now we have to go through many trials and sufferings. But when you take into the account the big picture and what Jesus has done by overcoming the world, there is great joy ahead. You will have the wonderful joy of seeing God's glory, of Jesus's glory when it's revealed to the whole world. Like it, it, reorients you so that what you're experiencing right now does not mean that God has lost you. It does not mean that God has failed you. It does not mean that you are not right where God wants you. Sometimes suffering is a result of our sin and our brokenness playing itself out in the consequences in life, but sometimes suffering is a result of just living in a broken world where things go wrong and people get sick and things happen. Like, Sometimes we just live in a world that is hostile to everything, like in us. And sometimes suffering is the result of faithfulness. Yeah. 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 But I I do. I keep coming back to the reminder that how on earth can we fully appreciate the power of the peace found only in him without coming face to face with the pain that is found only in this world? As long as we are in this world, we will have pain but as long as we are in Christ, we will have peace. Mm-hmm. And that peace, Scripture says, will surpass all understanding. Mm-hmm. And so I'm holding fast to that. I'm going to hang on to that because I don't think that peace comes from anywhere but him. And I know I beat this drum all the time, but it, it feels imperative to say right now, all you need is found only in Jesus. Yeah. Well, it, that takes me back to something else that you say. Um, but it's that the peace that your heart longs for will not be found in the absence of pain, but in his presence in the midst of it. To remember that God doesn't leave us. I mean, just verses before, God doesn't leave us as orphans. He hasn't abandoned us. He's gone before us in every sense. He has suffered, and now he's raised and glorified. And so we suffer now, but it is just a picture, just a pinch of what um, the great glory that will be revealed when he comes again. Like we're just following in those footsteps, but we already know where they lead. Yeah. It's already happened. Yeah. I, this is such a, such a necessary uh, verse for my heart. Um, In so many ways, I think it's, it's become more and more necessary in grief but I think it's allowed my perspective to keep walking, knowing that he's walking with me and that walking with him, I mean, comes not just his presence, but his peace that I can keep walking or crawling or running, whatever the race marked out for me is. Mm-hmm. But I love, it's not just about the, the, the reality of expecting pain and embracing his peace. It's not just that in this world you're going to have trouble, not the next. It's, but take heart. Mm-hmm. I have overcome the world. Take heart. Like that is the be bold, be brave, like be courageous, speaking courage into our hearts because he says, I have overcome. It doesn't say I will. Mm-hmm. He says, I have. 
and there's a difference, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not, we're not expecting that to happen and just kind of accepting that it's going to happen. Like we know that it is finished. It is finished. It is done. He's overcome the world. Like we le- we heard a sermon this weekend about how Satan's already been thrown down from heaven, that he is no longer the accuser who, who stands and accuses us in front of God. He's been thrown out of that position. Instead, we have an advocate. We have the Holy Spirit in us, but we also have Jesus at the right hand of the Father pleading for us. And the rest of this, that next chapter is all God's, is Jesus's prayer for us. Not that we'd be taken out of the world, but that um, that God would protect us by the power of Jesus's name, that he's not accusing us. He's pleading for us. He's interceding for us. Yeah. All of that work has already been done. We have such a glorious inheritance ahead of us and it's already, it's already guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I want to point out that like Jesus said this, this is before the cross. Like this is before the cross. Jesus has already overcome the world. Like, Again, he didn't say, I will. He said, I have. And just as it kind of springboards your mind into other passages, it makes me want to go to Hebrews, right? Like Hebrews 12, that like, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart because we are to take heart. Like we only overcome because he overcame. That's how you walk in victory. Mm -hmm. Like you claim that victory and you take that courage because of what he's done. It's not anchored in what we've done. It's anchored in what he's done. And so we walk that out. Yeah. It's finished. It's done. Like the world hated him, but so what? He has overcome the world. There is no power in this world that is a threat to the work of Jesus. It's already done. It's already overcome. There's nothing that can that can come against us that can push so hard that Jesus cannot hold up against it. It's already won. Yeah, it's decided. It's settled. He has the victory, period. Yeah. So don't grow weary and lose heart. Take heart. Because he has overcome the world. Not again, it's not in our own abilities, but it is in the finished work, the assurance of the finished work of Christ on the cross. Right? And I would say it's it means that we can walk out whatever God has for us, like for his glory and for our joy. <laughs> as hard as that is to say, that that joy set before him, you know? I think. I think there's joy set before us. And so you walk it out, whatever it is, faithfully. But you have to abide in him because peace isn't going to come along the way from anywhere else Mm. other than being in him. I think Jesus was constantly trying to comfort their hearts because of what was about to happen. Things that he had told them already, but he's comforting their grieving hearts that they can face this with peace and with courage. Deal with the hard things. It can only be dealt with by abiding in him. Mm. And so I, I think my heart needs to remember that the peace that he's giving them is the same peace that he's giving us, that it's ours in Jesus. It's our peace in him. It's our victory only in him. Mm. 
And I think that's because he's coming back. <laughs> right? Like, I think, I think that's, that's where that peace can come from. Because if this road is leading somewhere else, I don't think that sounds like peace. But I think that sounds like a brave journey to walk it out. Well, and I think that there's like, there's just nothing like pain, like trouble, like suffering that's going to drive you to the peace of Jesus. Like there's no, there's nothing like, like actually coming to terms with the fact that in this world, there is no peace apart from Jesus. Like there is no, no escaping from the truth that there is one source that you can run to that offers comfort and hope in the midst of suffering. Like there is nothing like pain that will drive you to Jesus um, because you need his peace. You need that to survive, to continue to walk forward because you have to know that no matter what it is that you walk through, Jesus is with you in it. You have to remain in him, but that peace that it brings you but gives you perspective about what you're walking through and what you're walking toward. Like you hold all of the work of Jesus up like like a banner, like I know that this is already one and therefore I can keep walking. You know, something Jesus says that same night, just a couple chapters before, uh, he says, peace I leave with you. This is John 14, John 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And I think so many things are trying to make us afraid right now and take our eyes off of him and lean on our own understanding about how everything is going to shake out. But the reality is we already know how the story ends. Yeah, because that very next verse is remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back again. Yeah. I am coming back again. Yeah, and we know that whatever is in this world, whatever trouble comes with it, it will not last. Because eternity with our King is going to look like the end of all trouble and the mm -hmm. fullness of all peace. And the worst things are not the last things like we've talked about before, right? Yeah. So I think this verse helps me remember to live in light of the truth of it. Right. You keep walking and you take heart. You don't grow weary. You take heart. You don't lose it. You take it. And that's how you walk in victory. And that's how you walk in peace, even in the pain that everyone around us knows and experiences. It's the way through pain. Yeah. And keeping the end in mind, you can walk bravely through even the trouble of this world because of the joy of the next. And so as we wrap up this time, maybe your heart just needs to be reminded of Jesus's words. That he's told us these things so that we would know where to find peace and where we will have trouble, but to take heart because he has overcome the world. Like it's in this world, not the next, that we will have trouble. And let that promise remind your heart. Keep walking. Don't grow weary and lose heart. Take heart. He's walking with you. And we can overcome because he has overcome. He's paved the way for us. We follow him. And earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. We take heart 
because our king has overcome.